0: pre-recorded from a new venue it's Buds the Seeds podcast episode number 46
1: pre-recorded from a new venue well i can't
0: say live because we edited oh uh,
1: i guess that's true <laughs> the way you said it was like no this yeah our first episode in our new space
0: yeah so if this one sounds better or worse that don't is tell why. us yeah because they would be self-conscious about the previous uh 45 episodes or
1: self-conscious moving forward
0: yeah Suddenly, what is it we do on this show in our new, I guess, rental floor of a house?
1: (laughs) We take a week by week look at the slow but inevitable downfall of WCW in the late 90s.
0: Is it still, and I ask this often. You ask
1: this every time.
0: Is it feeling slow and inevitable?
1: This one felt slow. I'll give you that.
0: So, the slow episode that is mentioned is the Go Home Nitro 4 Road Wild 1999. It is the August 9th, 1999, Monday Nitro, live from Boise, Idaho. For those keeping score, we are exactly one month away from the Dreamcast launch. I
1: don't know what that means. It's oh, the a... Sega Dreamcast. Yes. I thought you were talking about wrestling things. It's a wrestling podcast. No, it
0: came out on $9, for $9,999 for
1: ninety
0: nine ninety nine. Wow. Did and you buy it? No, I uh, I was still a very much Nintendo-only boy of time. Right. Actually, I probably didn't even have a console at that point. I would have been 5
1: yeah, when did you get your first console?
0: Right around then. Okay. That's how I learned the old if mom says no, ask dad trick. Fair. Yeah. This was a largely um, unmemorable Nitro.
1: This felt like a maintenance Nitro. This felt like they were trying to launch us into a new story with like new characters, I guess. Or like a new way of running things.
0: It's a whole new world we live in.
1: It's a whole new world to see.
0: Which is probably useful for us because we have not watched any Nitro in about four weeks.
1: Contrary to what you might be hearing in the episodes we're putting out, we pre-recorded a lot of things because we had a move and two weddings. Oh yeah, no, we noted it plenty. Okay, so. (laughs) And in
0: Nitro's defense, four weeks. I don't know. I say, in Nitro's defense, it's not like anything important was going on on Raw.
1: Was there something important going on
0: on Raw? Well, this one guy just um, decided to show up and inter- interrupt The Rock, and that man's name was Chris Jericho.
1: Oh, shit! Was this the Jericho episode? Yep. Oh.
0: Chris Jericho is now officially on Monday Night Raw.
1: Was this the one that was head-to-head with uh, this Nitro? Yep. So there was somebody in the audience that had a sign that said, where's Jericho? <laughs> yep, he's- That's uh, ironic. Yep,
0: he's <laughs> changed the channel, bud.
1: That's funny.
0: I would say my wrestling hot take, I think that moment's overrated. You're wrong. I think it's a great moment.
1: It's not overrated. What does
0: Jericho do right after that? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Jericho doesn't do shit. He for He comes months. down the
1: ramp and he's got the floof and he interrupts the Rock and it's great.
0: Yeah, it's like oh, he's in the same league as the Rock. It's like no, the, the Rock big leagues him and then he feuds with Road Dog.
1: Wait, no. So you're saying that that moment was overrated because of what comes the, after it?
0: The impact of that. People are like, oh my god, this is like like Chris Jericho's here. He's a main eventer. It's like no, he's no, not.
1: The moment itself. The actual segment of Jericho arriving on Raw, that is not an overrated segment. Sorry, SmackDown. No, it's Raw. Oh, it's Raw? It's it's head to head with us. That is not an overrated moment. That is a good moment. That is an important moment itself. It's a good moment. Just because it doesn't lead up to anything. Yeah, you can say that for the entirety of wrestling. A lot of shit doesn't get paid off.
0: But also, I think people forget that The Rock does make him out to look like a bit of a chump by the end of that.
1: Yeah, because it's The Rock.
0: Yeah. But my my point being, it's like the narrative of Chris Jericho showed up and everything changed and he was skyrocketed to the main event. This isn't how it happened.
1: I'm just saying the moment itself is not overrated. It oh, is In
0: a vacuum, it's still fantastic.
1: In a vacuum. Yeah, yeah, but you're saying that that moment didn't lead to anything else. So therefore it's overrated. No, you're wrong. That's not how moments work.
0: Well, I was glad we had a moment to get the last week Nitro recap, because that definitely did a lot of heavy lifting for us.
1: Oh my god, yeah.
0: Although I noticed it wasn't the recap in its entirety, because they did cut out Dennis Rodman saying that he slept with Gorgeous George.
1: Yeah. he. Didn't- I
0: feel like Rodman is definitely not scripted, and so they're having to make stuff work around that, and they're not happy with the direction he's going.
1: No, I'm very not impressed with dennis rodman yeah as a person
0: we go from the recap to the nitro opening and commentary checks in and tony Schiavone's back thank god no real mention of scott hudson at all
1: well later on in the episode they say that scott hudson's taking a few days off and the way that rick steiner attacked him is absolutely not okay and that should never have happened and he'll be back on saturday for some show
0: yeah i think it's like an effective pre-show. Not for the not for the pay-per-view. That wasn't the vibe I got. I think they said what show and then just I don't think about Scott Hudson enough to really be like, oh yeah, where where is he going? Let's let's follow that man's career. So we're five days from Road Wild, because apparently Road Wild's on a Saturday, which does trip up (laughs) staying in a later promo and I'm like, that's understandable.
1: Yeah, I mean it makes sense to default to Sunday because every pay per view is on Sunday. They
0: literally like, this Sunday Saturday We get big Goldberg chants while they're talking through the show and Road Wild. And they note, yep, Sting is just given control of WCW, like back to WCW.
1: Yeah, back to the executives. But they also said that there's a new president going to be named soon.
0: Yeah. But it's and, probably going to be an executive. Like J.J. Dillon's in charge yeah. of one committee. Dusty Rhodes is in charge of like, the championship committee or something.
1: Dusty Rhodes is making the matches, though. That was important.
0: He can make some, I think he he can make title matches, but not other, I don't know.
1: Because Dusty Rhodes becoming like a main character is new this episode. Yes.
0: And I think it was J.J. Dillon's charge of the competition committee?
1: It was, so all of this was said in like the background of somebody coming out. So it wasn't clear. It was not easy to hear. I just kind of heard this in the background.
0: Yeah, I think it's just basically, hey, the faces are in charge now, don't, think too much about it okay and the, they'll eventually announce a president when it's relevant to uh you a storyline yeah you know what just realized we haven't seen in a while ronnie piper
1: i'm gonna pull one of you i don't think it's been as long as you think it has
0: in terms of story i feel like we should have seen him because
1: well we haven't seen rick flair in two weeks
0: yeah well flair lost lost the presidency and then just randomly was doing other stuff he apparently has a back injury that's why he's not oh. here this week but Piper lost the vice presidency and hasn't said a single word about it.
1: Yeah, I wonder what's up with him. Is he injured too, do you think?
0: I don't know. We got our first match. It's a real random one of Norman Smiley, Prince Iakea, and Lash Theroux versus the Insane Clown Posse w- and Vampiro with Raven. And they f-
1: themselves the Deadpool.
0: Yeah, and Raven's new face paint.
1: I think he had it last time he came out with the ICP. Maybe. I think he did.
0: So, Emily, unfortunately we... Uh, Talked ourselves into a corner here, and we you sure had did. to do some research. Of, um... Oh, yeah. By the way, the Deadpool do have a dubbed theme, because I'm pretty sure it's, like, a, probably an ICP song. Okay. And I have to issue... We have to issue a correction on my part. I thought it was two different groups of... No. ...musicians and the wrestlers. Like, nope, it's, uh...
1: According to Wikipedia. Um, and an NPR article that I read. Two Wikipedia art- articles and an NPR article. That's my research. It is just two guys. It's Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope. There were other members that have filtered through, but these are the guys that created it and these seem to be the main two guys that like we see on WCW that have gone through the wrestling and also did the music.
0: Now, in these articles, did it explain how magnets work? No. <sighs> okay. It's well, the existential question. Sorry, this is not a thorough... Um... <laughs> so
1: sorry.
0: Examination of the ICP but go on.
1: Anyway, so here is my little research on the Insane Clown Posse. So they're just a duo and they're known for elaborate theatrical live performances and horror inspired lyrics. Their music is part of a genre called horrorcore, and that is what brings their fans together. They actually have two platinum albums and five gold albums. Okay. These guys have seven albums first of all.
0: <laughs> They've been around a while.
1: Anyway, so they have been doing wrestling for a lot longer than I thought. They were doing like backyard wrestling when they were kids, turned into like independent wrestling. They both wrestled as singles for a little while. They've gone through like every wrestling company. They were in ACW, they were in WWF for a few months, TNA, then WCW obviously.
0: If they were in WCW, it's it's usually pretty safe to assume they were in fucking TNA.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess that is the offshoot. But, but no,
0: it's not it's not the offshoot. <laughs> but it basically becomes of
1: the offshoot. Yeah. These two also created psychopathic records, which is their record label, which you can see on the back of one of their jerseys when they come out there where it says psychopathic records.
0: No, I'm literally just trying to remember their jerseys. and
1: They're like black and red and Oh, yeah, where yeah, yeah. I, I, I just remember seeing the thing. One of them says psychopathic records. So this was where it brings me to the fans. The fans, as you might know, is called the Juggalos. To be a Juggalo, you do not have to only be a fan of ICP. In fact, you can be a Juggalo and not like ICP at all. Being a juggalo... Which
0: just bewilders me. like
1: Yeah. The term juggalo means that you're a fan of any band that is under the um, psychopathic records umbrella. Anyway, so the juggalos all get together every year for something that they refer to as juggalo Woodstock. It's called the gathering of the juggalos.
0: Jugfest is right there. You're not going (laughs) to do that? Come on. No.
1: No, they refer to it as the gathering of juggalos or just the gathering. Um, apparently, Busta Rhymes and Ice Cube have been featured at this festival. Okay. It's a music festival. It's all the people that are under their umbrella doing their music festival thing.
0: But, come on, so are Busta Rhymes and... <laughs> no. I was just saying, like, so it's not just them.
1: <laughs> but they've been featured. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's where all the juglos kind of get together, and that's kind of where this culture formed out of, is these music festivals. These guys are actually, from all accounts, not bad people. They're just people that have a a community that they have identified with. They've done a lot, actually a lot of charity work for like different uh, and, diseases. And... and
0: Emily, this is actual charity work, not Hell's Angels charity no, work. This like is you like, claimed, I believe I did it out.
1: Like raising money to pay bills for a girl who died of diabetes. Like good things. Yeah.
0: Um, like it, they're just weird dudes. They're not bad yeah,
1: dudes. Yeah. They're not a gang. Yeah. And I just did not realize that they were still active to this day <laughs> the, the the record label is still a thing these guys are still doing their thing like this community is still very active and i think it's really cool honestly like i would never be a juggalo i'm so sorry for my juggalo listeners but i think that your community is cool and i respect it
0: Oh whoop whoop Oh, maybe three of you i don't know or more now, see, they know it. it's like, okay, we got to wait until this this, this this is the Nitro, we got to start listening.
1: This is just never a wormhole that I thought I would go down and research, and I'm fascinated by it.
0: I think the closest I've gotten to any sort of quote-unquote research is the one now-banned episode of Sunny, where the yes. kids are juggalo.
1: There was a whole section of this in pop culture, and always Sunny was in that. Um, yeah. I thought it was cool. That was my fun little uh, 30 minutes of research that I did a little while ago.
0: Now, Emily, how many notes do you have on the actual match? I'm going to guess not many.
1: Not many.
0: Again, this match is the ICP and Vampiro. And just, again, if you decided to skip ahead through a lot of that, the ICP, there's two of them. It is Shaggy Two Dope and Violent J.
1: Whose names are both Joseph.
0: Okay. The, um, <laughs> I felt
1: like I needed to tell you
0: that. <laughs> Shaggy Two Dope is the skinny one who's very flaily. And Violent J is the heavier one who likes to do a lot of pointing at somebody while they're on the ground. <laughs> he does that spot like I, five yeah, times. Yeah, I guess he
1: does. I never like really made note of it. Mental note, at least.
0: So there's a very awkward spot early on where, you know, you, you'd, if I said somebody botched in this, I imagine you'd think, oh, it's the ICP. It's like Prince Iakea yeah. just gets on the top rope, forgets he has to tag and then,
1: like, falls off the rope, kind of.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I I don't do this, and then, like, completely whiffs, like a spin kick kind of thing, and Vampiro half yeah. sells it. Pretty Lash like is just confused. standing there dancing, and everyone just kind of takes like a a little too much of a pregnant pause, and it's like, oh, I guess we'll just wrestle now.
1: But no, I was fully underwhelmed by the ICP, but I was shocked with how confused IAK seemed to be in the ring.
0: Yeah, I didn't expect much from no, them.
1: But I expected a little more from the actual wrestlers.
0: We do get a... You har- know what?
1: I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that I should expect something from, the, something from the actual wrestlers because, honestly, Insane Clown Posse probably have more in-ring wrestling experience than some of these guys.
0: We do get a heart attack type move from I want to say Violent J and Vampiro. Apparently the non Deadpool side are effectively faces because Norman Smiley gets a hot tag and holy Jesus does the crowd explode.
1: I did not realize that Norman Smiley had this kind of heat. I know.
0: Just he cleans house, does the big wiggle and the crowd is like ripping Losing their, their, it's their like ripping their skin off. Like Ugh.
1: Oh my god. Like fuck you yeah, the big wiggle. Fuck Yeah.
0: It, it all breaks down. Violent J hits a moonsault, which looked all right mm-hmm. on Lash LaRue and gets the win. I, got, I would have liked a little more vert out of him, but he didn't do it. And I go, Oh.
1: Right. It's better to be underwhelmed by the moonsault than be scared by the moonsault. Yeah. There's a couple <laughs> different
0: ways to be scared. I think Lita is everybody's peak. Like, please, please get more vert. Yeah. And this was all right. Nothing spectacular, but. Right. The the crowd stays hot throughout all tonight. They
1: were really un they were they were really not into it at the beginning of this match, but they definitely for some reason Norman Smiley cleaning house got them into it. But yeah, after that they really do stay hot throughout the show, which is weird because it's not a good show.
0: Yeah, I think as we chat through it, I wonder how much our opinions and that will change because I'm really thinking that I'm like. This wasn't a bad show. Just no, it was largely boring. Meh.
1: It was boring.
0: Cuz there are there's some good stuff. Um the Nightshirt girls are up next, so it doesn't really qualify. We we go from that to backstage. The Revolution, which are the Discount Radicals, which I guess can you call them even Discount Radicals considering the Radicals came second. Revolution came first.
1: They are the Radicals' sad older brother.
0: <laughs> the fact that Shane Douglas is there, yeah. Yeah. So they're chatting with Dusty Rhodes, and he's like, "Listen, I'll give you guys a chance, but if you fuck up, like that's on you. Like, I, all I can do is give you a chance." I
1: fully respected everything that Dusty Rhodes was saying. Dusty Rhodes can talk; he doesn't stop talking; he talks a lot. But everything he said was correct. Like he's like, "Yeah, you young guys are right. You're right. You do deserve these opportunities, but all I can do is give it to you. You have to take it."
0: I don't know whether I'm actually sad or not that we missed his peak commentary.
1: I can't. I can't do him on commentary. I cannot handle Dusty Rhodes on commentary, Nick.
0: So they're all chatting, and there's a lot of talk with David Flair about, like, oh, no, now he doesn't have to defend the title for 30 days, even though he he, he defended it, like, multiple weeks in a row. Yeah. So David Flair walks in, and um, I wrote, he talks shit, and he gets hit.
1: Yeah, he basically comes around and calls Dusty Rhodes an old man, and Chris Benoit beats the shit out of him.
0: I don't literally immediately just take down cross face. Like, Ugh.
1: the man turns purple.
0: <laughs> Which one? David.
1: <laughs> David. I don't know if it's like Chris actually go and shoot, but David turns purple very quickly. And every, every time he gets in one of those holds.
0: Okay. Opinion you might disagree with. I think this episode of Nitro is the best we've ever seen. David, David Flareby. He was just such a little bitch through all of this episode. Like, he actually seemed more confident talking. R- yeah. Wrestling physicality wise, there's still some awkwardness, but in terms of like character work and kind of getting it,
1: yeah, it, I do, Something I do clicked agree. a little
0: bit this week.
1: I think I agree.
0: Because you know, it, it was it was simple, but he didn't seem shaking in his boots when he was gi- given the couple lines of like, "Oh, we're telling old Ric Flair stories, old man, are we?"
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Just less is more for him.
0: Yeah, so tonight it'll be Chris Benoit versus David Flair for the U.S. title, which we did last week or the week before and ended in a bullshit finish. We then get our second match tonight with a team that really gives me ICP vibes without actually being (laughs) them. It's Public Enemy versus the West Texas Rednecks. Yes. This version of the West Texas Rednecks is Kurt Hennig and Barry Windham. Public Enemy come out with a table and set it up at ringside.
1: I mentioned to Nick while we were watching this that this is Public Enemy trying to be the Dudleys, but he pointed out that this is before the Dudleys were even doing the table thing. So Public Enemy were the Dudleys before the Dudleys were the Dudleys.
0: Like Dudleys were putting people through tables, but it wasn't a whole like Devon. Well,
1: there there came a point yeah. where the Dudleys were carrying a table out the same way that these guys did, and the fact that they were wearing jerseys.
0: Yeah, was, I, it felt
1: I, very, it felt very Dudley.
0: Yeah, the Public Enemy had a very heavy inspiration for a short period of time, and like th- their issue is they kind of piss people off everywhere they go, and they are—they're uh,
1: not good wrestlers.
0: Thirty seconds in, and I'm like, I'm underwhelmed. Like Rocco Rock has something. Johnny Grunge gets gassed within about ten seconds,
1: and he's from—they're from ECW. How can you get gassed that quickly from ECW? Just
0: do, do weapon shots and sell them. And,
1: uh,
0: would you be surprised to learn they don't make it out of August?
1: Oh shit! Really? They, they
0: debuted at the junkyard. Yeah. They're gone within like two weeks.
1: Damn. Do they? Do they go to WWF or?
0: They've already been there. I want to say. Oh, so they're just done. They're telling the story of um the APA stiffing the absolute shit out of them because uh, they didn't want to yeah. do business. I forget if that's before or after this. But considering it's only one match, I don't think it matters. <laughs> I don't I don't know where they go.
1: Maybe to training.
0: Can we talk about the fact that the West Texas Rednecks have a new theme? I hate it. I, I don't hate it. It just doesn't slap as hard.
1: It doesn't slap at all.
0: It's like, I'm a good old boy like good old, or
1: something? Yeah, good old boys. And the girl voice in it, not a great singer, doesn't slap. And I really dislike it.
0: Fun fact, it's actually Kendall Windham.
1: <laughs> Stop, I already think that Kendall's a girl's name. I don't know.
0: He has a very good falsetto. Is that the right...
1: You're absolutely correct. Hey, that was, okay. That
0: was I, I really had to guess there.
1: That was good. Ugh, yeah, I was very upset when they came out to good Old boys, not I hate rap.
0: Well, there, I will have a couple notes on that as the night goes along. It's the public enemy, clean house after a little while. rock o to, hits tope onto Barry Windham, who's laying on a table on the outside. And the camera just entirely misses the finish. Yep. While that's happening, Bobby Duncan Jr. comes in, hits Johnny Grunge with a cowbell, and Kurt Hennig gets the pin while wearing his cowboy hat.
1: Yee-haw.
0: Which was a lovely visual.
1: If you put a cowboy hat on a bee, would it say bee-haw?
0: This is a bad match.
1: <laughs> yes, this is when I noted thoroughly unimpressed with the show so far.
0: Yeah, it it really is Johnny Grunge. think like I said, I think Rocka Rock has something, but even though he looks like just a stereotypical pizza shop owner in a yeah. mid-90s movie... But yeah, Johnny Grunge, you need to get your ass in the gym and get and get yeah. some cardio. Yeah, really, like the you treadmill, know, buddy. you don't you don't need to be you don't need to have an eight pack. You just need to be able to do a five minute match. Right. It's like I don't know that I can, but guess what? I'm not a wrestler. You're not a
1: wrestler. You're not trying to make this your job.
0: <sighs> so yeah, we'll see them. I think literally one more time. Wow,
1: I'm okay with that. They're not good. Mo- I'd venture to say they're bad.
0: Moving on, we get a women's match. Are like. <laughs> We're like single We're definitely still in single digits for the podcast as a whole. But in terms of WCW, I think this is like number two.
1: Definitely still on one hand. Yeah. But it was exciting. I love women's matches. And this one is actually really good.
0: It is Little Genie versus Mona, a.k.a. Molly Holly.
1: So did we ever figure out who Little Genie is?
0: I looked into her. I think she's probably just a power plant kind of prospect who just didn't pan out. She doesn't really mm-hmm. seem to go anywhere else or do anything. Okay. So I. I don't really know why she got this spot, but she had a bit of a look, and she wasn't bad. She just wasn't ready for TV. I I didn't think this was bad at all. I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was bad. I'm saying, like, I think Molly carried a lot of this. Yeah, but like, basing
1: it on the two matches that preceded it, this was the best match.
0: Yeah, well, Mona comes out in, like, a long dress, and we're like, oh... Okay, but you get a She's wrestle still trying on that? to do the Miss
1: Madness thing,
0: and then I don't know whether it like rips off or zips off, but it, it turns out to be more like cheerleading attire. And I am like okay, it's at least
1: yeah. She got little shorts. It's it's like a little squirt kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, except for she wrestles barefoot, which bothered me for some reason.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that bothered me. I yet. don't know. That was the other thing. Actually, I think, I
0: think it's because of one of the things that Bobby Heenan, like points out, like, yeah, just stomp on her toes. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, that was one of the things that was, like, freaking me out. Because once he mentioned that, I realized, like, yeah, that's why people don't wrestle barefoot.
0: Well, so. I, I, think, I think I actually spotted one point where Jeannie does accidentally step on her foot. Oh, no. Zamona so has, Mona definitely has flashes of what we know she'll eventually go on to be capable of. I just don't know if she can kind of get it all together in this match. But, like, yeah, she's good. Like,
1: yeah, she she is good. The only thing that like it ended up being cool, it was her finishing spot, that like figure four surfboard sort of thing that she did.
0: Yeah, it starts as like kind of like an Indian deathlock, and then a little bit of a surfboard kind of pin.
1: If she had done it cleaner, I think it would have looked really cool. I think there were just some kinks that they hadn't worked out yet.
0: After so, yeah, Mona wins post match. Brandy Alexander does a run in and then gets fought off. Oops. And she apparently had a match with Mona on Thunder.
1: Do we ever see her again?
0: I I don't know. I I didn't want to spoil that for myself. Fair. But I was just okay. like, like who else is genie? She did have a nice head scissor at one point, but um, who little Jeannie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, again, she's like I listen. I have seen worse female wrestlers on WWE television. Like she was competent. It just She didn't have anything else. Yeah. She did have some real bad knees to start, though.
1: <laughs> Don't we all? So, yeah, this was all right. I liked it. Yeah. They... Because this was the first match of the night that I'm like, oh, exciting.
0: They really didn't bother to advertise the fact that Mona is facing Medusa on Sunday. Saturday. Yeah, and... you did
1: it, too. Yeah,
0: but it's...
1: You're right. That is a match.
0: Yeah. There's no
1: feud. Medusa was not in this episode at all. But yeah, there's no feud. No.
0: Both of them are mad. They got kicked out of Team Madness.
1: But it's confusing because they got kicked out together. Yeah. But they're fighting each other.
0: And last we saw them, Medusa was like, we should get George together.
1: That sounds like a storyline, but I guess why are we mad at George?
0: George, not here tonight. We then get a Nash Hogan hype package for this Saturday. And then backstage, a very young Nick Hogan wearing an Ash Ketchum hat.
1: He's so cute.
0: And ask who's that Pokemon, but he is Ash Ketchum.
1: He's got to catch them all.
0: He tells, basically finds Hulk Hogan tells him, hey, it's time for your interview. He's like, wait, why aren't you wearing the stuff I packed for you? Which is his classic red and yellow gear.
1: And then Hogan looks at him like, you hold on to that. And then he runs.
0: Because he's like, oh my god, I'm so fucking late. And I'm like, what were you doing, dude?
1: He was just standing in his dressing room. You don't have a watch?
0: Yeah, so he then like, I guess Hogan sprints, you know, a brisk jog <laughs> towards the ring. Then gets suddenly attacked by Sid Vicious, Kevin Nash, and Rick Steiner. Including one of the worst belt shots I've ever seen. Yeah. They hit the shot from about four inches away. <laughs> and it's like a wind-up. It's just like a boop. Yeah. So they finally get into the ring and Goldberg and Sting make the save before Hogan can get bombed or double powerbomb, whatever they're going to do. So, yeah, I figured this was gonna lead to a six-man considering it there's been two main event tags the last two weeks and i'm like okay well everyone's here it makes sense yeah. just to have that be the go home and they do end up making the challenge it gets accepted additionally for some reason hulk hogan's like cool if i lose on saturday brother i'm gonna retire
1: yeah he Unprompted. presented this yeah unprompt do you just want to retire man are you just sleepy do you are you do you just want to be done
0: Sting kind of I thought he added it at first But I guess it had to be an offer Because he doesn't have any control Where he's like Okay, if we win tonight Nash, if you lose on Sunday You have to retire Yeah And Nash then just agrees Like, oh, you, I'm not going to lose So, sure
1: Bobby, so Bobby Heenan
0: does point out That both of them were fucking stupid For doing that Yeah so, so Hogan has to put the last word in And notes that Sting and Goldberg are his two best friends
1: he doesn't even get the last word. It's a fight. Yeah. It's, it's uno, Hogan and uno then Nash. Uno reverse
0: card. Nash then gets the last word. They the, the heels then head towards the ring and then bail. I'm like now nah, we'll do it later.
1: Uno Uno reverse reverse. Hogan talks. <laughs> it just kept going back and forth. It was I. This is the shit that I hate. Randy Savage and Ric Flair trying to do a uh, a promo against each other impossible to finish because they both want to have the last word or
0: savage and hogan savage and
1: hogan savage and nash any combination of those four men you will never get the the segment to end unless you cut their mics off
0: so we have our main events set for tonight i mean this is a series of three singles matches at the pay-per-view does sting and sid just feel weirdly tacked on to you two
1: sid definitely does oh
0: no i'm saying like that match happening like I like, uh, Goldberg and Rick Steiner have had a bit more issues, Nash and Hogan had their issues. Then it's like, okay, well I guess we have Sting and Sid left over, so I guess they have want to a match. Leave them out. Yeah, it just felt kinda of weird.
1: No, Sid definitely does just kind of feel like he doesn't have a place yet in WCW period.
0: Moving on, we get our US title match. It's Chris Benoit versus David Flair with Tory and Asia. Tori looked very, very good coming out, and Bobby Hayden's like, look at our hat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she's wearing a cute little hat and then like this cherry two-piece thing where her butt's basically hanging out. And it was, it was, there was a funny line where Bobby was like, look at her. I love hats. Look at her hat. And she comes down and they get the shot of her from behind. And he's like, look at the back
0: of her hat. <laughs> Bobby Heated was like class A today.
1: He was he was good.
0: So Chris Pedwalk comes out to a... What I think is a different theme. Are oh, we unre-
1: playing the Canyon song
0: Unrelated. Again? Little GD came out to someone's theme that I'm like I've heard this. I don't know whose theme no. this is.
1: I was going to say whose theme was it?
0: So Charles Robinson is originally going to be the ref and then a new ref comes out. I think it's Randy Anderson. Nick Patrick. They both look so fucking similar. So Charles Robinson like walks to the back and like tears. I'm like
1: Unfortunately, do you know how I know it was Nick Patrick and not Randy Anderson?
0: Were his pants the proper color?
1: No, Randy Anderson is the one that got "quote unquote" cancer.
0: I think he did for real.
1: I oh, Did for real? Well, that was a storyline that we had when we first started this. So yeah. I associate him with that storyline. Nick Patrick's just the taller one.
0: Okay. <laughs> Nick Patrick, who used to be the NWO ref. Ah, okay. Not to be confused with. Do you remember when Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell had that random ref uh-uh. for like a couple of their matches? No? It was like this, like you know, bald or like shaved head dude. Was like clearly a wrestler? i no. I'm, I'm just remembering this.
1: I, you know, I haven't made a lot of note of the referees.
0: It was like their own guy. He's not a normal ref. I don't know. Once Robinson's gone, David looks terrified and immediately bails like, no, I'm not doing it. Fuck. Yeah, he just
1: like chickens out. And then somebody on commentary is like, oh, well, if he leaves, uh, it'll just be a count out and he'll still have the belt. So that's fine.
0: <laughs> the revolution then bring him back to the ring in a questionable move. What do you mean? people came in and touched one of the competitors.
1: Okay, we're not going to have this conversation again, Nick. My brain is going to explode if we try to talk about what is and is not a DQ. Well, we'll
0: have those moments later, too. I
1: can't do it. I can't do it. I give up. Here's the
0: thing. You you say that, but then you argue with me when I say things I are weird. I can't do it. So the revolution bring David back into the ring? Benoit beats David down for a long enough time where I'm like, it's like something's gonna happen here. Right. But it's not even like a super like impactful beatdown. It's just kind of slow.
1: Yeah, this that whole match was pretty slow.
0: Benoit then hits a diving headbutt, and like while he's doing it, the Jersey Triad run down. Benoit goes for the pin and like very casually gets it. And like right after three, he like picks up David's head for some reason.
1: It Didi... felt like it should have been a botch. But, but it, it wasn't. wasn't.
0: Yeah, because DDP then comes in and like goes to hit Benoit, who's still on top of David, but Benoit moves, and then he hit, yeah. DDP hits David, and then Benoit and DDP awkwardly brawl, and then the revolution clean house. It was just really awkwardly shot, too. because
1: It was a really lame, slow match that ended in some fuckery.
0: Post-match, Benoit challenges DDP to a no-DQ match on Saturday. I mean, for the
1: belt. Yeah, for the... I mean,
0: makes sense. Gives, he
1: just got it!
0: But it gives... Why? Because in kayfabe, it gives DDP a reason to accept the challenge. Because <sighs> otherwise, like, no, I don't want to fucking fight you in a no-DQ no match. Like, oh, but for the title? Okay, mm, I guess.
1: Well, he, why Benoit, you're not even out of the ring yet. You just got the belt. What are you doing?
0: I'll be honest. I felt a little blue-balled by this segment. We've been building up David Flair losing the belt for so long. You're right,
1: yeah. It just it happened seems, in
0: passing.
1: It was very unceremonious.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, this is a, this is your chance to, like, make somebody, and...
1: You chose to make it Chris just, Benoit? Not
0: that, it just feels like a footnote in a different feud.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah it, was, it was disappointing.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: Anyway, Nitro Girls.
1: <laughs> anyway, Spice is here. She'll make us feel better.
0: I forgot. Was was this the very orange one?
1: I don't remember. I thought I made a note, but I don't think I did.
0: Okay. Ready for us to lose our minds, Emily? No. It's a Mean Gene interview with Macho Man Randy Savage.
1: Before we get into this, we should talk about what the footnotes going into this segment were presented to be on Thunder.
0: Yes. So apparently (laughs) on Thunder, Randy Savage said, Hey, on Nitro, I'm going to tell you all who was driving the white Hummer.
1: Not only that, which should be a mindfuckery in itself. Who's driving the white Hummer? Am I running for president? Who's the new Miss Madness? And
0: uh, George is going to have a new bodyguard.
1: And where is Gorgeous George? Those were the four things. There were there were four things that he was going to discuss. Those were the four things. Yeah. But we were both very intrigued by the white Hummer. Guess what? He doesn't.
0: Honestly, I was really ready for him to say Rodman, and then that not just not be true.
1: I don't think. Randy Savage knew where he was during this segment.
0: Yeah. Commentary even has a hard time juggling all of Randy Savage's various stories because he really does have the Hulk Hogan leftovers. Like, oh yeah, no, you're running for president now.
1: Yeah. So Randy Savage comes out into the ring, you know, beefy as ever. And Mean Gene is like, where's George? I was told that gorgeous George would be with you. Where's gorgeous George? And he's like, George ain't coming out here until Rodman's gone, or something like that. Yeah,
0: and he's like, I'm the president-elect because we all know I'm going to win.
1: Yeah, he deemed himself the president-elect.
0: So Savage apparently has four people on his hit hit list, but the way he says it is weird. He goes, so it's Kevin Nash. It's Sid now, that's new, for hanging out with Kevin Nash.
1: Mm -hmm. For holding hands with Kevin Nash.
0: And then... Hogan and Rodman together, which to me reads like, oh, you're counting that as like as one. Yeah, as one. But then that's it. So,
1: but I should say that throughout this whole segment, Mean Gene really did try to keep Ho- or to keep Randy Savage on topic. Because like, like these like, are the things you talked about. So what's the surprise? You have an announcement. Like I feel George? like you're dodging
0: my question. What's your big surprise? The surprise is that Rodman is crap or something.
1: Yeah, basically. Like his
0: reputation's... Cr- There's... He doesn't say anything.
1: No, and I was... I felt so badly for Gene during this, because I was like, man, you are trying.
0: His contract's up apparently soon. Jeans? Yeah.
1: Oh, I hope they renew it.
0: I, I imagine they will. It might just be a very different deal. As
1: annoying as he is, if that man tries very hard. A, a, well,
0: apparently he was hoping to, like, kind of leverage, like, oh, both companies are interested against each other, and, and WWF went, nah, we're good.
1: Oh. Yeah. That's a shame. Oh, well.
0: I think it's a matter of they're trying to move into a new era, and Mean Gene is the definition of, you know, classic Hogan era.
1: So, let's go through it. The four things that he was going to announce. Where's George?
0: She's not here. She's
1: not here because of Rodman. Are you running for president? I'm already the president. Um, Who drove the White Hummer? Next question. And who's the new Miss Madness?
0: They didn't even touch on that one. Nope. Nope. Again, but there also was a thing of gorgeous George is gonna have a new bodyguard,
1: which so yeah, is like I a didn't... way to like
0: debut or elevate somebody, and they just didn't Again, do that.
1: Ignored it. I just don't think that Randy remembered what he a what what he said on Thunder, and B didn't know where the fuck he was. Oh. I I swear that man's like still on stuff. Like he's not fully conscious of his physical body.
0: I just want to know who was driving the Hummer. Nick, we're never going to know. I just want to know.
1: We're never going to know. <sighs> I'm so sorry. Gene tried. Gene did. He tried for you.
0: Gene's even more all over the show than I think you realize because there was a couple se- cut segments just for um, for Peacock. Mm. Let's let's move on before I lose my mind on that White, white Hummer again. Don't. Uh, we hear S- Steven Regal's music, but instead it's Chris Adams and Dave Taylor.
1: Turns out that's just the generic British man theme.
0: And I'm like, I guess Adams with a li- is aligned with Regal. I'm like, I guess that makes sense.
1: They're like the same person. Yeah.
0: They are facing the team of Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. No Conan this week.
1: That's okay. I need a Conan break.
0: M- match starts with big USA Chance, which I'm like, oh, I guess the crowd just really likes San Diego and El Paso. You know, definitely not Mexican.
1: Yeah, in the eyes of wrestling, these guys are Mexican. Honestly, it's a racist thing. I it's...
0: don't even know if they're actually billed from there at this point. It wouldn't shock know. me.
1: I don't know. But I heard that. I was like, didn't we have this conversation last podcast where it was like, always oh, Canadian versus Canadian. We get the USA chance.
0: That happens a bit. It <laughs> also happens a, a bit too often is Ray rocking the prison jumpsuit.
1: Yeah, he needs to stop with that. Because I wasn't... I intentionally tuned it out i think bobby was saying some racist shit on commentary i think
0: it was mildly but definitely still was yeah there's a lot of posing to start but the crowd is just so hot they're like on board with it they just want to like cheer and boo people i
1: loved
0: it i don't have a ton of notes from this i was just kind of watching it's a very good clash of styles with these teams including like some surprising quickness from dave taylor where he hits like Mm -hmm. three like head scissors in a row oh my god yeah
1: i was very impressed with Everybody involved in this, but commentary seemed to be really impressed with Ray Mysterio because they were speaking his praises. Yeah,
0: they're real, they're real happy with his Cruiserweight title run, which is really elevating it. Uh, Emily, when did Ray win the Cruiserweight title? I don't know. April 26th. How many defenses on Nitro and pay-per-view has he had since April
1: 26th? I'm going to say two. One. Oh, shit.
0: One against Evan Courageous. Oh God! Uh, and he will lose that belt on Thunder.
1: Yikes! It's
0: an upcoming Thunder, but um, that's really how they feel about that.
1: But they were talking about Ray Mysterio's work in the ring during yes. this, and they were saying that you never really know where he's where he's going. Like it looks like he's doing one move, and he, he turns it into another move midair. And they said a line that I really liked. He's. I can It must have been Tony Schiavone that said it. There's a lot of Ray that is ad libbed. Okay. He's just figuring it out as he goes. It's not scripted. It's all on the fly. It's figure it out as you go. And I really like that line calling him ad-libbed.
0: Yeah. I the, like that. There's a spot towards the end of this match, I think with a lesser wrestler, would have looked real bad. Ray goes for a springboard, but the person he goes to hit is all the way across the ring. Yeah. And he goes, Shit, I'm not gonna make it, lands on his feet and like basically like uses his momentum when he lands to like turn it into like a jumping forearm. Yeah. Like, like it, it's. He's
1: thinking on yeah. the fly.
0: Yeah. Some really good double team action from these two. Finish the match. Ray hits a top rope Frankensteiner. And I think it's on Chris Adams because Chris Adams is like all the way across the ring yeah. and Eddie goes up top. And I'm like, he's a bit far there, but Eddie hits the frog splash.
1: Hits it beautifully.
0: Uh, gets the pin. And almost immediately, the Deadpool come out <laughs> and attack Eddie and Ray until your boy, Kidman, comes out. Makes the save. My hero. This was a very good match.
1: I love this match. I just love Eddie and Ray together. I think they have such good in-ring chemistry that they are never not fun to watch. Team Dominic. Team Dominic.
0: So, yeah, I'm curious to see where they go with uh, Eddie, Ray, and Kidman. Yeah. So, on Peacock, it immediately goes from that to Kidman's entrance. And we were like, what the fuck? There actually is something here. That was cut because contextually it doesn't make sense later on with something else that gets cut.
1: Okay.
0: Mean Gene interviews the West Texas Rednecks. They basically just say that we don't like Chad Brock.
1: Oh. And
0: they're mad at him because apparently they were going to perform their new song, but instead Chad Brock got that spot.
1: Okay. Even
0: though Chad Brock has been advertised for like two or three weeks. (laughs) But... Not there nor there. Sure, so sure, sure. yeah, they don't say much of anything. I it's was basically...
1: wondering because the Peacock file felt significantly shorter than there's like the two twelve. like, and I knew that the Chad Brock segment would get cut, obviously, but even that would only bring it to like two thirty, if that.
0: Yeah, even then, it's usually two twenty, just based on the amount oh. of commercials. But so we'll get a little bit more of that later. But they cut the Chad Brock segment on Peacock, so including that would just kind of be silly, I guess, is their logic. Yeah.
1: I mean, that makes sense.
0: We come back from commercial on, Pe- on Peacock and it looks real silly because it's Kidman making his entrance for Kidman versus Disco Inferno and in a throwback to our very first episode.
1: Huh. You're right. But it looks silly because in our eyes, Kidman has just left the ring. Not so not even, he, was, he was
0: still in the ring.
1: <laughs> so the kayfabe that I made in my head was he made sure that Ray and Eddie got backstage made sure the ICP were detained and they weren't going to attack him. And he's like, okay, cool. You guys are good. I got to go do my match. It made sense in my kayfabe brain.
0: This match is pretty much what you'd expect from these two, which is good. Classic. Yeah. It's Kidman trying to pick up the pace and Disco. He slows it down enough to where you can tell Kidman doesn't have the advantage, but it doesn't feel all that slow outside of like one moment. Like, it's still up-tempo enough, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, Kidman pace.
1: No. But it's def- it's classic. It's a classic good match.
0: Yeah, the one, the one spot that slows things down is Disco hits a running neckbreaker, showboats a bunch, then tosses Kidman to the outside, and then, like, tosses him over the barricade. They then come back in and do a rest hold, and it's like, okay, you yeah. guys really needed a break there. Kidman breaks up that rest hold with a jawbreaker, but then he gets a rough-looking flapjack, like, onto the top rope. Like, it was rough-looking. Kid... Kidman's good at selling that I know he I think we've had that happen a couple times with him where i am mm-hmm. like it just looks rough
1: yeah yeah I guess he is just good at selling it
0: Kidman does his power bomb spinebuster kind of thing and I'm like that needs a name maybe we need it I don't even know what we, we would call it but
1: we'll we'll brainstorm
0: yeah Kidman doesn't have a lot of defining he has two yeah he
1: has two moves
0: yeah I, I was trying to think and I'm like I got nothing for that maybe, no. maybe that's why it doesn't have a name.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll brainstorm, maybe we'll find out, but I'm not going to write us into a corner the way that you do with my ICP research that I had to do. So maybe we'll brainstorm some names.
0: Who knows? Maybe commentary will suddenly start calling it something, too. Maybe. Uh, we get Kidman Faction, but Disco kicks out.
1: <laughs> Speaking of stupid names for moves,
0: Disco hits a pile driver that I was convinced was going to be like spun into a... Facebuster? Like, yeah.
1: So we- you said that, and then in my brain I was like, oh, you're right, he didn't do the Facebuster, he's going to lose this match.
0: Well, ironically, I feel like we've seen this spot. I don't know if it was with Ki- with Disco, but someone hits a pile driver on on Kidman. He kicks out, and then immediately goes for it a second time. And wouldn't you know, it turns into a facebuster. Right. Kidman then goes up top for the shooting star press, but Vampiro suddenly appears and trips up Kidman on the top rope for DQ. Hey,
1: so you know how the last match ended?
0: Well, yeah. Let's well, do it again. Deadpool beat down Kidman. Disco tries to help Kidman but then gets beat down as well. Eddie and Ray make the save and I wrote in all caps, we just did this.
1: We just did this.
0: Like even if there's the interview there, ten we still ago. just did this.
1: This exact scenario happened 10 minutes ago.
0: But there's a lot more confusion with this one because afterwards Disco offers a handshake and then Kidman like kind of goes to like like slap his hand or like shake his hand. And Disco kind of goes to pull it up, but in the middle of doing that, Ray like j- jumps at Disco.
1: Yeah, not really on him, but like at him, in like, a trying way, to start a fight. I guess. Yeah, I'm like,
0: all right. There was either you going for like a jumping forearm, or you jump like trying to jump into his arms and then decide and then realize he wasn't going to catch you halfway through.
1: It was weird. Yeah, I didn't. We we watched it twice. We backed it up and watched it twice. It was just confusing. I don't really. I don't know what he was going for. I don't know what his plan was.
0: Yeah, it was just. Strange. Yeah. Match itself was the expected quality and was very was pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the weird immediate finish or immediate copycat finish.
1: Yeah, it was yeah. very jarring.
0: So I'm curious to see what they do with Kidman and Ray and Eddie going forward. <laughs> Moving on, we get Buff Bagwell versus Scott Norton. Why? And we get a weird moment of no pyro sound for Buff, and like his theme theme isn't dubbed. It's just. There's some weird audio during the show of them cutting out all cr- noise that isn't the song or commentary. Yeah.
1: So this kind of frustrates me. This is something that they've done before in other matches. They have one of the people, in this case Buff, come out to the ring, do a promo, and then have the opponent come down and do the match. Buff in this promo is talking about how he wants to beat the cat because they have he has a match against the cat on Saturday. So you're thinking like, oh, this feud between Buff and the Cat, whatever, Buff and the Cat. And then Scott Norton comes down. I'm like, I don't care about this guy. I, I care about this other feud. Why am I watching this guy? You know?
0: Yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, that's just wrestling occasionally. I hate
1: when they do that, though. It just makes me care less about the match that I'm currently watching.
0: Well, I hate when fucking Scott Norton comes out to know music. I'm like, you're in the NWO. You have music.
1: Is the NWO still a thing?
0: I guess I mean I don't
1: think it is
0: they haven't said anything about it so
1: I don't know that they're going to the for the B team I mean like yeah is there is there an NWOB team right now
0: Stevie Ray is a leader and he left but I mean I guess you you do still have four guys that's a group
1: four guys that aren't ever on TV (laughs) yeah
0: well I'm not sad about that
1: no but if you're gonna have a group you should establish the group
0: I mean they might be on thunder for all the fuck I know that's fair or Saturday night or whatever Norton overpowers Buff, so Buff has to try to be quicker in this match. Norton hits a shoulder breaker, and we see the cat coming out, putting on his dancing shoes with Sonny Ono, and some uh, insensitive commentary from Bobby regarding Sonny Ono's hat.
1: Bobby is on a you know racist tirade this this evening.
0: So they come down to ringside and they hang out there for a little too long. Like I'm like, cool, you're gonna interfere. I'm yeah, just waiting just wait, for just it.
1: Just do it. You put the damn shoes on. Like you're gonna do it.
0: Which, that doesn't really come up. No, it
1: doesn't. (laughs) They do this whole show of them at the top of the ramp, putting the damn red shoes on.
0: Buff goes for a pin, and the cat pulls the ref out of the ring. Sonny Ono hits Buff with a briefcase, but Buff still kicks out, and then everyone gets in the ring. I think they're setting up for the kick spot. Norton accidentally clotheslines the cat after Sonny Ono ducks. Buff hits a blockbuster on Ono, but... After Norton hits the clothesline on the cat, the bell rings, but, which I'm like, okay, I guess they're just throwing the match out. But afterwards, it's like, oh yeah, Buff Bagwell's like, I won, I'm the stuff. I'm like, not. So and, and it's marked on multiple like sites as Buff wins by DQ. So I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> I don't understand. How, I mean, like the ref didn't see the briefcase shot, so and they didn't like they didn't even hit him, so I don't fucking know.
1: I don't know, man. I
0: guess maybe Sonny Ono grabbed him, so it would have been that DQ first, or tried to grab... I don't...
1: I don't know. I don't know which DQ it was.
0: <sighs> I don't
1: know. I give up. I give up.
0: Yeah. It'll I be uh, Buff and the Cat at Road Wild, which we were watching the OSW review episode for Halloween Havoc, and they're talking about the best like sets, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's great once you put it on mute, and I'm like... For Road Wilds.
1: Oh yeah, they're talking about Road Wild. Oh fuck, yeah, I'm not excited. It
0: was it was our fear.
1: It's literally the I'm not even sure if that was what I was expecting. That like overhang shot. Of, like, I didn't realize it was outdoors, and it was everybody on their bike watching the show. Yep. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. That was a good impression.
0: <sighs> Let's move on. Okay. Uh, even though we don't, don't even have the next segment because it's Chad Brock.
1: Oh, this is where they put Chad Brock?
0: Chad Brock, who apparently doesn't get introduced. Just have him on TV, plays the song. And somehow this results in the West Texas Rednecks and the Revolution staring each other down.
1: The Revolution? Yeah,
0: for some reason. Why? I don't know.
1: Isn't Chad Brock, doesn't he play, um... No, he does not play Goldberg's song.
0: No, that's Megadeth. Who does Chad Brock play? Nobody. He's just...
1: Why the fuck is he here?
0: He's a country star and was in the power plant for a little while.
1: Okay.
0: Think of the Nitro Girls. Woo! Woo! After that, we get Canyon versus Booker T.
1: Yabba but, but, dabba doo
0: Yeah, first we get the triad coming out. Dude even grabs the mic and he's just like, Yabba dabba. Like, what?
1: What are we fucking scrabby do in here? Like.
0: So he says he'll be taking the U.S. title back on this Saturday, jersey style. They then do the insulting the mother bit and. She's stupid.
1: How stupid is she?
0: She gets Eminem's trying to sort them in alphabetical order. Hey!
1: Oh,
0: I, honestly, it's really the like collective O oh at the end that makes it even more lame.
1: It's so lame. I know that they're having fun, but oh my god, is it lame? Is
0: it lameer than Stevie Ray's parent teacher conference outfit?
1: That man came down. The man's wearing glasses.
0: Yeah, he's wearing tiny little glasses.
1: Oh, no. Stevie Ray came down looking like he needed to put those glasses on to read his son's disappointing uh, report card and then tell his son how upset he was.
0: Yeah. Rocking the polo, tucked into the pants. Khakis. For some reason, DDP and Bam Bam Balow get sent to the back during this match, and Stevie Ray is fine to stay. It's like, okay. Even though Stevie Ray, who is the face now, does cheat on the outside. He's like, I guess you're just not used to that yet. Okay. There's some good action from these two. It's not a super long match. We get a nice bridging, swinging neckbreaker from Canyon. Cool. Yeah, so, I really
1: didn't take very many notes in this match. I just said it was good. Yeah. which is just classically good again.
0: Finishes matches. match is we get a sidewalk slam from Booker and DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow run down blindside Stevie Ray. Booker T goes to help after a ref bump. We then get a belt shot to Booker and then a flatliner from Canyon and Canyon gets the win. Yeah. I feel like Kenny is not won on TV a lot, so it was nice That's to actually true. see him get a pin. This was too quick to be of any real substance. Like it wasn't bad. It was just like okay, it was, it was fine. It was it was good. Fine. It was like okay, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. But you know what to expect. from am you stories. know I've already forgotten it for the most part.
1: Yeah. You know what I'll never forget though. This next segment. Yeah. It was just such a mess.
0: <sighs> yeah. The next segment is Mean Gene bringing out Dennis Rodman. Rodman comes out to the NWO theme, which apparently is actually Voodoo Child. Yeah, I was trying to piece this together because Rodman gets booed a decent bit, and actually gets booed more as the segment goes. Because I'm like, how much of this is just like left over from you playing in the NBA? Boise doesn't have a team or anything. Like Idaho State doesn't. The closest team is the Utah Jazz. Who?
1: The only thing I know about the Utah Jazz is the line in the Book of Mormon song, which I will not sing.
0: But the, the Bulls beat the Jazz at least once, maybe twice, in the NBA Finals, which Rodman was playing for the Bulls in. So I'm like, I wonder if it's that versus I just... I kind just, of
1: assumed that, and maybe I'm wrong, I assume that NBA fans don't like Dennis Rodman.
0: It's a weird... I mean, he's just, he, one, he's a strange dude. I mean, he was very talented, but... Okay.
1: The stories I've heard is that he's just like an asshole.
0: Yeah, a little bit. So,
1: I just kind of associate that with like the the fan community not really being on his side.
0: It also doesn't help, but he comes off like a dick here. He does. Like I I don't want to see I don't want to see either of these men.
1: Gene or Rodman?
0: I mean, Rodman or uh Savage. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, cuz Gene has to do some heavy lifting here, um yes. including I think at one point it really does seem like Dennis Rodman forgot Randy Savage's name.
1: Yeah, I think he might have actually.
0: He calls him like Macho Asshole and then like Randall or something.
1: I don't remember what he said, <laughs> like, but it was not it, Randy Savage. Yeah.
0: So Rodman takes the mic from Gene and I'm like, oh, you don't do that.
1: Oh, before he does that though, again, Bobby Heenan with some commentary. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> I this.
1: He says, oh, I'm loving uh, Dennis Rodman's outfit. Looks like some hotel lost a shower curtain. <laughs> Because he comes out in like a very shiny, ugly faux leather outfit. I yeah, guess. and the hat. The hat. Ugh, it's bad, but Bobby. So, yeah, so when you're not being racist. You're hilarious.
0: So Rodman has the mic and is like, "Yeah, George is my bitch," and Tony Shvai is like, "Hey, maybe Gene, maybe get the mic back." So Gene he grabs the mic, just does the hard sell. Like, no, nope, Rodman's done. We're not continuing We're this done. promo. Has to talk a Cut. bit. Um, Savage then comes out and Gene. Has has the wherewithal to actually say into the mic, like, I'm getting out of here.
1: Yeah. I think he's done that before with some brawl that comes in. He's like, oh, I got to go. Well, he's done that.
0: I feel like it's never been as, like, urgent as that <laughs> one, where it's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, this seems to be between you guys, so I'm going to go. This was, oh, shit, it's about to kick off. I got to go.
1: Yeah, so Savage runs down. Lots of trash gets thrown into the ring.
0: It's mostly at Rodman. It's not Is even it? at Savage.
1: The trash just kind of appeared when Rad- when Randy was in the ring, so I didn't know like the timeline of when it got there.
0: Yeah, cuz Rodman Bails and then Savage goes to chase him and like catches up cuz I don't think Rodman was kind of expecting it to come that quick. Yeah, they had to grab security yeah, cause and everything. That, yeah, cuz then security kind of breaks it up. I am not looking forward to that match.
1: What? Why not?
0: <sighs> cuz I don't like either of them.
1: No, I don't either.
0: And Emily, can I let you in on a little secret? No.
1: I don't like your secrets.
0: Emily, that's the last match we're ever gonna see on this podcast with either man. Wait, what? Randy Savage will stick around, but I think outside he like wrestle like on Thunder. Wait. Randy Savage. Randy Sa-
1: Savage is done after Saturday? Pretty much. What?
0: He might he might show up for a couple segments, but he does not wrestle in any prominent matches. Wow. He's Why? Gone. I don't know. I, may, I mean, maybe it's the abusive story stuff. Maybe it's the fact that he isn't as good as he used to be. Maybe he's her. I don't know. But huh. he, he, he'll he come back. He'll be in a battle royal on like a thunder. And then I think.
1: I'm not sad about that.
0: Yeah. He'll do one house show and then he'll be in a battle royal. Wow. And that battle royal is in like May of 2000. Jeez. So he's weirdly still around, but he's not around. Wow. I know. I, 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 We'll talk about this more I, after the match at Road Wild, but it is strange to not be all that sad that Randy Savage will n- not be a part of television anymore. I
1: still don't think I've seen peak Randy Savage. Yeah,
0: I mean, <laughs> we might have to watch um, some gold, Golden Era kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, he's one of those people that I feel like I need to see in their prime to understand. Yeah. I'm not sad, though.
0: Yeah, and Dennis Rodman. I think they're just absolutely like, no, we're.
1: Why did we bring it's him? It's not back? worth this was it. A mistake. He's
0: making so much money too.
1: He's why they're bankrupt.
0: Well, actually, related to that, we have talked about this recently. Where the fuck is Michael Buffer been?
1: They can't afford him anymore. They got Dennis Rodman. Because he's
0: not here for the main event. No. Oh, and um, we mentioned the OSW episode of Halloween Havoc. They mm. included a clip there of Michael Buffer being like. If you ever encounter anyone using Let's Get Ready to Rumble in any sort of sports setting, like, contact my people. We will sue them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, he does not lighter than that, but that's that's the tone. It's a, Michael, no, this is mine.
1: Relax, man. No, he
0: fucking, you make so much money on I that.
1: know. You got enough. There comes a point in your life where you have enough money.
0: <sighs> Tell that to most of the men in this match.
1: The egos in this main event. It's disgusting.
0: It's a main event, six-man tag. It's Kevin Nash, Sid Vicious, and Rick Steiner versus Sting, Goldberg, and Hulk Hogan. Not Hollywood Hogan, Hulk Hogan, which is apparently different because Hogan comes out in the fucking red and yellow and...
1: He's American made.
0: Yeah. Oh, funny story about that song. I mean, one, it is his classic WCW theme. It's the one he came in with. Okay. But the song is written by Jimmy Hart.
1: Oh, what a goddamn gem that man is.
0: And I'm almost amazed they're allowed to use it. Because the words are taken verbatim from a Jimmy Hart promo on WWF television about Hulk Hogan. Literally, before Hogan's last WWF match at King of the Ring 93, 93, he cuts a promo... Just like saying most of the words from that song, and I'm like, how is that allowed?
1: That's such a blurred line. I know legally. Interesting.
0: I mean, also the fucking rhythm of the song is basically. I am a real American.
1: No, I'm a real American. Slaps so much harder. Oh than yeah,
0: it's made. it's 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 the W C B thing. Where it's like okay, we just have a. Uh, it's basically meant to be the same thing.
1: We went to a baseball game like last year, or was it, it must have been last year? and they played Real American over the PA, I lost my goddamn mind. That song slaps so hard. It doesn't matter the scenario. Real American fucking slaps.
0: Oh, and weirdly, Goldberg has his Death theme.
1: Yeah, that didn't get dubbed out.
0: I don't know. Hogan coming out in the red and yellow is like apparently a cl- very classic WCW moment. I feel like it didn't ring... As much with us just because
1: it rang with the audience. Oh,
0: audience loses their goddamn like, more Like, listen, there's the Norman Smiley hot tag, and then there's this. Like, that's the two fucking oh, pops God, tonight. Yeah. But, which actually, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound impressive. Yeah. But,
1: but that Norman Smiley hot tag was out of the norm. Yeah. Men smiley.
0: Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, I think because we don't have as much love for Hulkamania and nope. and you know, we're we're looking back, we're not present in the moment. It's just like okay, you know, he's back to Hulk Hogan kind of thing. Yeah. Um
1: We have the unfortunate um future sight when we watch yes. Hulk Hogan.
0: Oh and speaking of confusing retroactive things, Kevin Nash is wearing an outsider shirt that has an NWO black and white logo on it, which Is not the Wolfpack logo, which bothered me, and you didn't give a shit about.
1: No, I don't care anymore. I don't give a shit, because, like, what's the point? What is me giving a shit going to do? I can't.
0: I wonder what theme he's going to end up having, whatever the Wolfpack stuff is over. Oh, actually, no, he's going to retire, so.
1: Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have a job after Saturday.
0: Well, only if he loses.
1: He's not going to lose. Oh, wait. I, I do want, wait, no, fuck. Say only if he loses again.
0: Only if he loses.
1: Which he will lose. So, should we just be planning to retire?
0: It actually, granted, I don't trust the. Granted, I know that neither of these men will actually be retired after no. this match. Regardless, I don't even know who actually wins, but I'm like, I know both of them do other things at WCW.
1: Welcome to wrestling. They're not retiring.
0: But it actually would be a nice little moment to have Hogan do the red and yellow again, like right before he retires. Like, that would have been a nice little thing.
1: That would have, yeah. Shame that doesn't happen.
0: Does Hogan look out of place to you now that he's in the yellow and red? Yes. And everyone else is in black? Yes. Like, just someone, put, like, Rick, like, like hey, Rick Steiner, can you just wear one of your more colorful singlets? I know you yeah, have some crazy ones. One. Yeah, just like, even Nash, hey, can you wear the fucking red tassel pants? Yeah. like do Or, you know,
1: a wolf pack shirt.
0: Or the fucking weird tie-dye shirt that existed for a week.
1: Yeah. He he wore that one more than once, I think.
0: I don't even know. You might even be mixing it up with Van Hammer, who... Yeah. We have seen Van
1: Hammer in a minute. Well,
0: we, we noted. He's done. Well, kind
1: of. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: he's not done. He will randomly appear at a group. But this match, I thought, was a lot of fun.
1: It was fun.
0: Hogan does his this, Hogan shtick. Yeah. He cleans house. At one point, it was almost comical, because he beats all three heels down, and I swear... Goldberg and Sting don't even flinch. They're just standing on the apron, like yep. we're not tagging in. <laughs> yep. No, nope, this is his show.
1: This is the first time I think that I have really kind of gotten Hulkmania. Yeah, I'm. St- this made me kind of get it because yeah, he does look like an unstoppable superhero.
0: Yeah, they didn't quite go as far with some of the Hogan stuff. Like he doesn't hit the leg drop at any point. Like he doesn't. No. He doesn't go full Hogan. I'm guessing they're probably saving that. Yeah, for he doesn't to like Rob. Hulk up. Yeah. So Hogan clears house and then we get Goldberg chance, and Hogan like whips him up like, oh, you want fucking Goldberg? Come on. Like, and then, you know, gives it to him. And I'm like, all right.
1: I will say I do appreciate him for that. He gives the people what they want. Yeah. A lot of wrestlers just ignore what the audience wants, not just in 1999, but in 2022, too. It's annoying. Like, give the people what they want. Like, if it works in the story, do it.
0: Uh, I know she's not as good anymore, but I I still do get a kick out of... uh, the Wrestlemania 35 main event with Ronda Rousey where everybody's chanting for tables and then she like tips it over and just goes tables are for bitches it's one of my favorite like ad-lib moments and I'm like
1: (laughs) oh Ronda how the mighty fall
0: yeah so we get some big power moves from, from Goldberg to Nash and Sid Goldberg tags in Sting and I'm like I assume Sting will be getting worked over so we can make the hot tag to Hogan yep and wouldn't you guess it, That w- that's what happens. We get a ref bump and... Chairs. <laughs> yeah, Sting hits some stinger splashes. Rick Steiner brings in a chair. Everyone kind of gets their stuff in, including a real nice Goldberg spear. Yes. And somehow Goldberg reopens the back of his head during the smash. That sash. man
1: cannot get his head to heal. I no. feel bad.
0: Hogan grabs the chair, takes out Sid and Nash with some real weak chair shots to their backs. Yeah. Including the fact that Nash has to act knocked out from this chair shot and it's like oh
1: he does the acting well like he really does look k-o'd but he's not like there's no way he was (laughs) someone on commentary did make a comment of like gotta get the stun stick out gotta get that taser no
0: whether it was goldberg and kevin ash were squaring off and and they're like goldberg remembers
1: okay I just heard this I heard the Taser line I was like Ugh. Yeah,
0: you said you just had to add a body moment. didn't a stroke. <laughs> so Sting locks in a Scorpion Deathlock on a passed out Nash and the ref's like, "Yep, okay, he loses."
1: Team Hogan wins. Yeah. Yeah, it
0: seemed weird to A have Sting win, B have Nash lose. Yeah. Right before he's about to challenge for the world title.
1: Yeah.
0: But now uh it's a double retirement match. Whoever loses.
1: Better retire.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this match was a lot of fun. It was. Considering the men involved, I think we very much could have expected a lot less from this. But
1: Yeah, and I did. I went in with very low expectations.
0: I do want to just make a note here. It won't mean anything to you now, but I know it will soon. So who lost this match?
1: Kevin Nash.
0: Who else was on the team?
1: Kevin Nash, Sid, and Rick Steiner.
0: Okay. I just want you to keep a little mental tally that while he was not pinned, Sid Vicious lost a tag team match. Okay. Won't mean anything to you now, but just keep that in the back of your brain.
1: He's going to be billed as undefeated, isn't he? What? No. This is the Kurt Angle shit, too.
0: No, Kurt Angle has had the common courtesy to be fucky about it. (laughs) I have not seen it. I just remember things from the Death of WSW book. Fair. And that's going to do it for this Monday Nitro.
1: I feel like we went through that pretty quick.
0: Do you stand by this was a bad show?
1: I don't think it's bad. The second half definitely picked up, but it was boring. I stand by boring.
0: Going through it, I think there's a lot of good stuff on here. It's not... The most significant. I think I would use that rather than boring. It's an insignificant, minus Hogan coming out in the red and yellow.
1: Yeah. It's a filler episode.
0: Yes, I'd agree with that. Okay. Which is unfortunate because it's the final build for yeah. Road Wild.
1: Road Wild. You excited? <sighs> you excited to lose your hearing? We're just gonna put this episode on mute and put subtitles on it. Just hope for the best. I was gonna
0: say I wish we could do that, but the captions the are gonna be so far along. All right, should we get to best bit and MVP? I guess so. Emily, what is your best bit?
1: The Eddie and Ray tag match. Okay, that's, yeah. yeah. I had a feeling
0: that was gonna be yours.
1: Easily, easily best match of the night. What was your best bit?
0: I would agree that's the best match of the night, but it was not the most fun, and I'm giving my You're giving it to the main. I'm giving it to the main event. I, honestly, we've been let down by so many made events recently that I'm like, oh my God, I this brought me joy. Okay,
1: okay, well, get it where you can get it. Yeah. I mean,
0: And it wasn't like, oh my God, we're out of time.
1: Yeah, it actually had a finish. We didn't yeah. even talk about that. There was actually a finish and they got to relish in the win.
0: Unrelatedly, I just found out that um, the first time anyone kicked out of Hogan's leg drop in WCW... We saw... It was a couple months ago when Kevin Nash forgot to... Or didn't break up the pin in time. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was the first time it ever happened.
1: Wow. Anyway, who's your MVP, Nick?
0: I'm wondering if we have the same MVP. We probably do. For being all over the show and having to be a goddamn professional. (laughs) Mean Gene.
1: Yup. That man did so much heavy lifting in this episode. He tried so damn hard to keep the storyline on a straight arrow. And he was just... He was... Hurting toddlers, essentially. God bless that man.
0: You know what I just realized, though?
1: Hmm.
0: Hogan had an interview segment, probably with Mean Gene. When they bring Hogan out to the ring, Mean Gene's not there.
1: Wait, Hogan had an interview segment?
0: That's what he was late for when he got beat down. That's why he had to run.
1: Oh, you're right. Oh, God. I don't, yeah, you're
0: right. Minus points for Gene. He, he was even later than Hogan. Damn. Or Gene was there and went, I'm not waiting on this guy and left.
1: I got other things to do.
0: We, we run out of time every week. We're just not doing this.
1: <laughs> but yeah, overall, Gene wins. We may have lost, but Gene won.
0: We'll see how much mean Gene we have at Road Wild. I am hoping to see him on a fat hog.
1: No, oh God, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Next episode, Road Wild 1999. Mm. Our final appearance of Randy Savage and Dennis Rodman. And Woo! it might even be our last appearance of Kevin Nash or Hulk Hogan. Who knows? Definitely. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod, and on Facebook at the Butts in the Seats Podcast. You can listen to our back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Emily, any closing thoughts on this fairly quick episode?
1: I'm just happy that we finally have a episode where we didn't have to pause four times for police sirens.
0: Yeah, that was nice. That
1: was really nice. We are in our new space. Please give us some, like grace with the transition if there's issues if there's significant issues obviously let us know but if it's just like a little sound blip give us a little bit of time we'll figure it out
0: say so you don't hear any police sirens we're not living in a lawless territory
1: <laughs> ah yes the basement of a suburban house
0: till next time when the nwo implode i'm nick
1: i'm emily and
0: thanks for listening to the butts in seats podcast burr, burr,
1: burr.